Today on Discussing Donation, we're going to take a look at organ and tissue donation from a clinical perspective with a member of the medical team. Robert Horsey is an RN, BSN, CPTC, and Organ Recovery Coordinator with Indiana Donor Network. Robert is also the author of the book, Gifted, a fictional story of organ donation. Hi, Robert. How are you? Great, Cindy. How are you? Thanks I'm for having good. me. Good. Now, you're absolutely, we're honored to have you today. So, Robert, can you tell us a little bit about what you do, what your role is at the Indiana Donor Network? Sure. Um, at the Indiana Donor Network, my, my title is Organ Recovery Coordinator, ORC, we're often called. Um, my job is to um, work with the organ donors and their families and um, get evaluate the organ systems that are transplantable and um, work toward getting those organs um, transplanted into recipients. So how did you first get involved with organ donation? Wow, uh, 21 years ago, um, I started my nursing career in St. Louis and I worked at a level one trauma center there and as you can imagine, that's where a lot of donor activity occurred um, at the level one trauma center. So I was often drawn to working with those, those types of patients. Um, ever since I started nursing, I've always been drawn to the sickest of the sick and um, dealing with um, the most, if you will. So I was drawn to those types of patients and, and often ended up working with them and the Organ Recovery uh, Center there in St. Louis, Mid-America Transplant. They um, asked me if I'd be interested in joining their team. So uh, I was more than thrilled to, uh, to be able to join them. And that's where I started my career in St. Louis. Back in, oh gosh, 2002, is when I started to work in the field of organ donation. Wow, that's, so you kind of, not at the beginning, but definitely in some of the earlier years of uh, building up organ donation and transplantation. Yes, uh, it's been, that was quite a while ago. Um, in fact, when I first started, we were making organ offers over the phone. Uh, so we would, every, every transplant center that we would make an offer to, we would have to tell the story over and over and over again. And since that time, they've developed some computer programs and, and technology has improved in such a way that we can make offers in a rapid fashion that has really decreased the time that it was required for the organ donation process. Wow. So could you tell us a little bit about what that process then looks like today? What, what do you go through on a, on a regular basis in your job? Sure. Um, that's, a, that's a big question and it'll probably require a long answer, so bear with me. Um, when an organ donor is identified, um, the donor hospital reaches out to the OPO, the Organ Procurement Organization, and that's what Indiana Donor Network is here in Indiana. Um, and someone from our organization will go on site and evaluate the status of that organ donor. If they're deemed to be um, a suitable donor, we'll continue to follow their progress while they're in the hospital. And if at some point during their hospitalization, they decline, excuse me, they decline to the point where they reach brain death. Uh, that diagnosis is made by the hospital staff. And Indiana Donor Network 
and all OPOs stay out of that process. Um, obviously, there's a potential for conflict of interest there. So for that reason, that process is really kept separated. Um, only when they are declared brain dead by the hospital staff do, do the organ procurement members get involved. So at our OPO, uh, and some of the OPOs do things a little differently, but we have family advocates that go on site first. And they are the ones who respond originally to the family. And they're all grief trained. They all, have, most of them are social workers actually. And they have a great experience and background in, in dealing with grief and families that go through the grief process. So they spend a lot of time with that family before the clinicians go on site. Um, most often the uh, consent is obtained for the donation process. If that donor is found to be a registered donor, then they go through a little bit different process. It's more of a disclosure process where the family advocates will explain to the family members that their loved one was on the donor registry and had already initiated their, their desire, their wish to be an organ donor. Most families are aware of that, but some aren't. And that's why it's important not only to, as you guys say at Mad Dog Strong, check the box, but have the conversation because it's such a vital step in the process that making your loved ones aware uh, and it makes the, the decision easier for them. But once that happens, then uh, myself as a clinician, I'll go on site and start the evaluation process um, to see uh, what, what organs that person is gonna be able to donate. Um, a lot of time is spent at the very beginning of the process clinically stabilizing the donor in the evaluation process. When, and we're talking specifically about the brain death process, when that process occurs, and I don't wanna to get too clinical, um, there's a, a catecholamine release from the brain that causes some of the heart muscle to get stunned and some of the other organs to not function well. So a lot of hours, on, in fact, are spent getting the donor stable and making sure that when we're doing our evaluations, we're evaluating these organ systems when they're peak functioning. So we know that we're gonna be transplanting good organs. Um, so after that process is completed and we've evaluated each organ system, we will run um, these, these lists to determine um, who's eligible, what candidates are eligible to receive these organs. And that's done through a computer program that's managed by an organization called United Network for Organ Sharing, or UNOS. So these match run lists are generated. And then we just start from sequence number one all the way down until we, we find an appropriate recipient for that donor. Um, once that is done and, and each organ that we feel is transplantable uh, has found a home, then we discuss timing with each of these programs to find out when they can get to our center. Um, during the recovery process, all the transplant programs send surgeons to wherever that donor is and everyone works in concert to recover the organs at the same time. So once we determine timing, um, we then set the operating room time for where the donor is and everyone travels from their respective states or centers 
and the process begins in the operating room. And then uh, it's a it's a very um, uh, it's no different. The surgery is no different than anyone having a surgery for um, you know bypass surgery on their heart or even an appendectomy. Everything is done with precision and sterility and utmost respect for the donor. Um, and then once, once each organ is removed um, systematically, then those teams depart from that hospital and make their way to their respective transplant centers to perform the transplant surgery. That's basically it. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> you make it sound easy, Robert. Well, it's... it's uh, it's far from easy. Uh, it takes a team. You know, there's no way any any one or two or three people could do this. This is a this is a team effort, truly, from start to finish. Absolutely, and and I love that you talked about the clinical side. And I I also know you, and I know that you have a big heart. And there's a lot of um, there's another side to this as well, besides the clinical side, and that's the real human side that you guys experience the honor walk, the reading of the story from the donor family. Could you share a little bit about that with us? Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're right, Cindy. The, in the last few years, in fact, the honor walk has become more and more popular. Um, and it's a great way to, to bring honor to the donor and their family. And it allows the hospitals to be involved in the process, not just the nurses that have been caring for our organ donor, but the halls are lined with staff members and physicians and administrators from all over the hospital to pay uh, tribute to their gift, their sacrifice. Um, and, and it's a truly solemn walk. Um, in fact, I, I was honored enough to manage a, a local donor here in Indianapolis who was, um, he worked as a firefighter and you can imagine the turnout there was for that honor walk. In fact, we had to reroute our way from the ICU to the operating room to allow people to line the hallway. There were hundreds and hundreds of firefighters, police officers, family members, hospital staff that just wanted to be there to um, share their appreciation. Um, so it was, it was an unbelievable experience, to be honest. And another pretty recent, fairly recent thing that has, has come about is um, the, this thing called a moment of silence. And it's something that we do in the operating room prior to the start of the surgery. We ask family members of the donor to write out their thoughts, their wishes, something that they can share with the surgical team. They want them to understand who they were. Um, and pay tribute to who they were, not just an organ donor, but as a person. So we, we take a few moments um, just prior to the beginning of the surgery, and we read those written words that the family provides to us um, about, about the organ donor. And it, it, it's become a very um, um, respected part of the process. Everyone really enjoys hearing those words. Yeah, I know from our perspective, being able to write that was really important and it, it made us feel good knowing that, that the people who were caring for her in her last moments were going to um, understand who she was 
and, and appreciate that. So yeah, I, I think that's amazing that, that you guys do that. So clearly there's a lot that goes into your job. And uh, if there are students today or young people who are considering a career in organ and tissue donation and transplantation, what could you recommend some of the things that they might want to do in terms of coursework, experience, things that they should consider about taking on this as a, as a career? Sure, that's a, a good question. Thanks for asking because um, it's a highly specialized area of healthcare and you don't necessarily have to be a nurse. I've had a lot of people ask me about, about that. Um, I think um, having the experience as a critical care nurse has really helped me and enabled me to perform at a high level, um, but it's not necessary. Uh, we have, in our organization, we have um, respiratory therapists that, that work with us, and they also, you know, they have that critical care background as well, but we have paramedics that have also joined our team, and they, they really do well too. So it's not that you need a certain background to do what we do, um, but it's helpful to have some critical care background uh, and you have some critical care thinking because, you know, these are very unstable hemodynamically patients uh, that we're working with and things change at a moment's notice. So having the ability to understand the physiology behind brain death and, and that process, uh, it, it helps you understand and, and predict what, what you may come across and how to deal with it when you do. Uh, but, you know, it's not necessary to have any particular background. I will say too that there is a, um, a program in Ohio that is a master's degree program in donation science. Um, so we also have several of our, my teammates at Indiana Donor Network that have come from that, that program as well, where they don't have the clinical background as a nurse or a respiratory therapist. They have a very strong didactic background with a master's degree in, in donor science, and then they learn the, the clinical part as they function in the job role, uh, and they too function at a very high level. So I, would, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't uh, hesitate working with them at all, because they're, in some cases, more versed at the didactic part of organ donation than, than say, a nurse with 20 years experience. Yeah, it's it's such a, a highly skilled profession, but also one that requires a very diverse skill set, it sounds like. Yes, that, that's very true. Absolutely. So go off the topic a little bit, but staying on the topic, sort of, you are also the author of the book Gifted, which I have not read yet, just have emotionally not been there, but Frank has and absolutely loved it. Uh, many of our friends have read it and have said that it um, truly gave them sort of an idea of what what we went through uh, during our time with Maddie. Um, tell us a little bit about the book, what inspired you to write it. Sure, sure. Here's, uh, here it is right here, by, by the way. Um, it's, it's a story that I had in, in my head um, from my days working in St. Louis. Um, and it's just something that I just felt like I needed to tell because it wouldn't go away. It would wake me up at night thinking about it. 
and it's it's a combination of different true life experiences that I've had working in the field. But ultimately, it's it's a fictional story about organ donation, but it's told from the donor family perspective, which is pretty unique in, in that most stories about organ donation or transplantation, uh, they are written toward the recipient story, and which are beautiful stories and, of course, worthy of being told. But I never or didn't find much in the way of, of the recipient, of the donor story. So I wanted to tell it to bring honor to the donors and their families for their gifts, their sacrifices. Um, and so um, when I sat down to write it, 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 um, it was a labor of love, really, because it, it just kind of poured out of me just this, these stories that um, different aspects of the story that I came to write um, were just pieces of different stories that I was participating in. And where can folks get that book? Sure. Um, it's available online on Amazon. Um, Barnes and Noble online. It's available there. Um, I have a website that for the book. It's www.gifted-thenovel.com. Um, and there's uh, a lot of information there about the book, about me, how I came to write the book. And then there's a link there as well. The book is available on um, ebook, paperback, and um, uh, audiobook through audible.com as well. And just from getting to know you over the past, gosh, only probably, what, six or seven months, yeah. uh, we know that you are truly passionate about organ and, and tissue donation. Uh, do you have any concluding thoughts for people about registering to be an organ and tissue donor? I do. Um, that's another reason why I wrote the book. Um, I wanted to bring organ donation to light. Uh, I wanted people to... Um, have a discussion about about it. A lot of people feel organ donation is kind of a taboo subject. And in some cultures, it, it is, where it really doesn't need to be. Um, so I wanted to be able to start a social discussion about organ donation. And it's important for people to realize that they, they can become an organ donor, become a registered donor, even before anything ever happened to them. Um, it's very simple to do. You can go online, excuse me, um, and become an organ donor, register to be an organ donor. Uh, you can go to your, your OPO website. Um, every state has one. Or um, um, the National Registry, you can go in and sign up to be an organ donor. You know, um, there was a poll done when 94% of the Americans support organ donation, but only 54% are actually registered donors, which is a, a, a huge disparity and one that I hope we can we can close the gap on. Absolutely, Robert, and, and we look forward to continuing to work with you to close that gap. And uh, I can't thank you enough for being here with us today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Stay the safe. The Foundation is, is a wonderful organization, and um, I can tell you from my heart, I appreciate what you guys do. Well, thanks, Robert. We appreciate what you do every day as well. And thank you for joining us today. You're very welcome. Thank you, Cindy. Take care. You too. Bye. This message brought to you by the Mad Dog Strong Foundation. For more info, please go to our website at maddogstrong.org.